All right, Tabin, you know what? What do I know what what? What, what, what? What do you know? Do you know anything? I don't know anything. You know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. I don't know what's don't happening know. right what's happening? Hi! Hi, hi. Oh, my God. This is Barely Forecasting, featuring Tabin, an Injured Nerves audio production. So, Moobark, Fluff, everyone, every fur, every organism in the Potiverse, thanks so much for tuning in. I am Barely Normal. <laughs> and Tabin has already lost it. I am Barely Normal, a co-host with Cinnamon Toast. I love and Cinnamon with, Toast. And with, do you love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? The cereal too? I actually haven't had that, believe it or not. I don't think I have. Wow. How could you like Cinnamon Toast and not I have actually, tar- tried I the cereal? I actually even know about this. I don't even know what's wrong with this pup. I think I probably got, someone got distracted or something and because I do that. Okay, so everybody that's listening, when we go to a con, I want you to bring him a little pouch of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yay! <laughs> crunchy, crunchy, pup, pup. That'll be good. Crunchy, crunchy, pup, pup. Ooh, you'll make a new song about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crunchy, 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 pup, pup. I can't even, ooh, I can't even do that. I'll have to work I on that. I don't know. Well, as I said, Tabin, you are here with me oh, today. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. How are you? Hi. How are you, my furry friend? I well, hi. Uh, yes, it's really great to be here. We're doing really well. Hello, every fur out in the Potiverse. Uh, thank you for joining us today. My name is Haven. I'm a pup. Bark, bark. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a good week. Good good day. We're at the uh, beginning of season two. Beginning of season of two. That's amazing. Of our show. It's amazing. And how have you been, um, Barely? I've been pretty darn good uh, lately. I started working out again um, after uh, my trip to Bend. I came back and uh, my back was tweaked. And as you know, you've experienced my tweaked back once or twice at cons. Uh, I think we were driving back from BLFC last time. And uh, every time I turned wrong, I would grimace. Not, Not grimace like the McDonald's commercial, but grimace you know, in pain. So you've, you've seen that. So. I, I have seen that before. <laughs> so I have a quick question for you. You do? Did you happen to check out the Russian Lord of the Rings on YouTube? I did. I, I did. <laughs> it's so uh, bad. <laughs> I did not watch the whole thing. You know, it's, it's broken, into, no. it's broken into two parts. So I just kind of watched little tiny tidbits throughout <laughs> of both the parts. Yes. Um, and one part I did, and I only want, knew to watch this because of um, one of the comments was, um, it's when the Nazgul uh, um, puts the sword through Frodo. Oh, uh, did yeah. you happen to see that part? I did not. I watched the no. whole disappearing ring part, which was just so, so bad. So when um, the Nazgul put, um, stabbed uh, Frodo, then this like really urgent and strong and loud accordion started playing and it made it all epic or something i don't know it, but no you're, you're right the whole thing was um they did not have the same production value for example as no. peter jackson did <laughs> no i think they kind of did it in somebody's garage and then so... someone else's garage and they had to move from place to place so that's why each scene got so different so shout out all you furs go and go to youtube and search for Russian Lord of the Rings, and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> right. So the sun is out. It is May, and we have started gardening this year. Oh, 
Oh, have you done it not correctly before? <laughs> well, last year was the first year we tried to do a vegetable garden, and my mother-in-law and sister-in-law said, we're planting vegetables. I was like, okay. So they tilled everything up and then basically just sprinkled seeds. Oh, sprinkle, <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle, here's cucumbers. Oh, sprinkle, sprinkle, oh, sprinkle, here's corn. Oh, in a very haphazard way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we called it, the spray and pray method. I mean, they bloomed, they blossomed, we got some vegetables, but they didn't thin them out as we did things. And so, like, the carrots grew all intertwined with one another. Uh, um, they really didn't care at all about that. They didn't care at all. No, they were very, uh, very, very huggy carrots. I would call them so. <laughs> Huggy carrots. It's a new Huggy variety, <laughs> right? And some of them were like really, really tiny little baby oh. carrots. Oh, um, okay. So, so that but, the haphazardous uh, really did not pay off. <laughs> did not pay off. No. So this year we're doing it right. We had a little bunch of starts. We got the little trays. We put the seeds in it individually, and we have individual plants. So we will plant them in the garden this year. Um, nice. To, do you to have little signs so you know where they are? Or do you just remember? Yes. Okay, good, nope, good. Little signs, yep. Little signs that were right on what it is, you know. Until so until it grows up, it was like, oh, that's a pepper. You know, we know that's yeah, a pepper. Yeah, then, then you kind of so know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's the one that did all the tweeter storm, storms, the, the right. pepper. <laughs> so I have a hunting story that I would like to share. A hunting story from the bear? The this story. is kind of a top-turvy hunting story because it's I know, usually right? not the yep. bear. So, the- I know. So the, the, the neighbors across the street are actually going bear hunting soon. Oh, so you're staying indoors. I'm staying, yes, I'm staying indoors. And they asked me, they asked me, have you ever hunted bear? And I said, no, I've always had clothes on. I got it. I it, it took me. I got it. But anyway, we're starting <laughs> off season two wonderfully now, just wonderfully. Anyway. Oh well, I'm glad we had a good season one because apparently that's it for us. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's, no one's gonna listen. It's like no, canceled after nope, season nope. two, episode one. Yeah, I, I want to give our weekly challenge to every fur out there. Reach out to someone on Telegram and start up a one-on-one conversation and talk to them in real life. Wow, there you go. that's a challenge. So what have you got for me, Tabin, as we I go into season two? I have some things for you going okay. into season two. Uh, Let me first hear, of you all, rhymed. Wow. I, I did. It's it's amazing. So first of all, I we did cover this, but I want to cover it again. How are you doing, Barely? I'm doing... I'm barely here. <laughs> okay. That actually was... A, it says question for Barely, and that was actually a surprise question. That wasn't actually the first of my two oh, questions. That was the, that, oh, okay. Okay. Question for you is, and this is something maybe you know because you, you know lots of things. What I, do you... <laughs> sorry, I don't know. <laughs> what do you call an alligator in... Inve- in let me start this over. <laughs> what, what do you call an alligator in a vest? I don't know. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator! (laughs) (laughs) God. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So I have another question for you. Okay. In in a chat, like just today or yesterday, uh, Snowy Dutchie was talking about how they went into a McDonald's and uh, asked for tater tots. Um, And they don't have tater tots. So um, No, they don't have tater tots. They don't have tater tots. They have french fries. They have french fries, and Snowy wanted... Um, tater tots apparently and just wasn't thinking where they were or something. Anyway, so they um they didn't the whoever was at the employees didn't ask anything about it. They just gave Snowy French fries because like right, um and so Snowy said that they gave me fries and 
they <laughs> they said they went on the literal instead of going for a more cerebral explanation. <laughs> okay. And so this, you know, caused this pup some mm-hmm. problems. And so I said, and, and I'm wondering, and this is a question for you, like, so cerebral explanation, what is a cerebral and why does it like pineapple so much? A cerebral is much like a a winter ball where you go and you dance very formally. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's the cerebral. You have to be there, and you have to be dressed formally to dance, and you have to have a date. You can't go stag. So, so, so. You, you have you don't have a pineapple. You have a date instead. That's right. You don't have a pineapple. You have a date. <laughs> okay, okay. With your cerebral. These are yes. these. So, so I, I got my vegetables mixed up there. When yeah, I, you no, did, that's you, I didn't even do vegetables. I did the you fruit. did fruit. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Wow, I there was a lot of um, that was a journey. Confusion. No, there. I'm yes. I knew you would have the answer. That's why I asked. I, I have so many things for you, Barely. I have so a many question things, yes. about the past and future. So some fur tweeted the other day that your past doesn't have to rule your future, which is great advice. It's like, you know, that's great. Don't, Absolutely. Don't dwell yes. on the past and all that good stuff. But then I was wondering, so I tweeted back, I wondered, so what about your present? If your future rules your present, does that mean you know what you're getting for Christmas? Yes, it does. Okay, good. Good to know. See, you know, you know all these things. Also, okay, another thing I, I have, Discord recommendations. So, you know, Discord and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very popular these days and everything. Yes. And there's different servers, and so people want to know um, what's a good server and everything. And so um, they were tweeting about this, or, or I forget where they were doing it. And so I gave them my recommendation. I said, I think Chili's, because they have excellent servers. And season two begins. <laughs> season two begins, and season two begins, and we're going to start our season two uh, five-minute furs. I'm going to post the link to see if anybody comes in. I feel we might have somebody that speaks Dutchanese or something like that pop in. I don't know. Dirty knees uh, and Dutchanese. Dutchanese. We were chatting a lot today on the BFFT chat. Kind of got away from us, if anybody has seen really? that chat. Did, would you say they... It went off the rails, barely. I would say it went off the rails. Yes, it did. If Indeed. if what happens if you if it will if, if you, you will. will yes done 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 okay we got it in if nothing else <laughs> if nothing else okay so we're gonna jump right in while we're waiting to last week today and actually it's last week or last two weeks ago today because last week's episode was our season finale clip show. I hope everybody enjoyed that show. I know I enjoyed putting it together. It was a lot of fun. During our episode 51 with Pepper Coyote, he asked a question about any background dancer that made it big. Because we were talking about being in the right place at the right time to get famous, to become famous. And he asked, has any background dancer ever made it big? And we all said, we don't think so. However, our chief fact checker, Rain Raccoon, let me know that Tupac Shakur, if you know who Tupac is, he moved up from being a roadie to a background dancer for Digital Underground to being a star. Pepper, there you go. Is is that the rapper? Who is that? I don't know who that is. Yes, he's a dead rapper now. Um, but oh. he was... <laughs> But he was a rapper, yes. <laughs> and, and you know, after after Christmas, like after everyone's opened their presents, there's lots of dead rappers on the ground. So. 
Uh, we apologize to anyone in Shakur's family that uh, we are not. Yeah, actually, to actually, them. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my cow! Hi. Oh no! No no! Okay, and then uh, we're going to start a new little segment called the Fluffsters Abridged Dictionary. Now that's a hard word to say, Fluffsters. Fluffsters Abridged Dictionary. Which is where we define and give definitions for some of the words that are used in the uh, furry world and in the most, more importantly, the Tabin world. <laughs> there you go. More in puppetly. <laughs> right. And today's word is plufferdine. And you have uh, heard Tabin use that word a lot. Uh, that, that's over the one past of the originals, year. I think. Mm hmm. And it is a verb, and the root of the word is pluffer, and it means one who pluffs. Nice. Now, nice. now you could also use it as a noun, which is a fluff who pluffs as a title for there. So, fluff who like pluffs. a fluff who pluffs. And a formal pluffer is trained at Plufferdine Flufferversity. I, I, I want to go there. This is just amazing so far. Flufferdine Flufferversity, yes. And has so to, anyone ever been trained in this? Yes. Uh, so there would be a, like a sentence would be, James the Wolf is a trained Flufferdine and teaches at the Flufferversity about the importance of pluffing. That's a very important uh, thing he's educating on, I must say. He is. And Tabin pluffs all the time and could be called a Flufferdine, although he has no formal training. That's true. We have a sincere scientist on the line... The line has dun, now dun, a sincere uh, scientist. Hello, sincere scientist. It picked my name for me. It, I know. It does that. It, it does, does that. that. It does that. So who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? This is Brutus. Brutus! Oh, the big I was kitty. Wondering, wondering if you were going to come on the show or not, after all of today's really bad puns in the uh, BFFT chat. <laughs> Well, and, and well, and I don't think he's actually heard any of our um, any episodes, so <laughs> I don't know if I don't know what yeah. I just walked into, but I'm prepared. Hopefully, you didn't walk into a bar and hurt your head. No, that was last week. Oh, okay. No, that was it. And he couldn't have because he he's a kitty and he's prepared. He just said so. Prepared, yes. So we're ready. So hi, Brutus. How is it going? How is your day treating you and all that good stuff? It's been pretty good. I woke up. That's a good start. That's well, that's always good, in. yes. Nice. Always good to wake up. And then <laughs> I ate. Well, nice. Well, that's good. <laughs> you have this amazing journey of a day already. <laughs> I, uh, your excitement, I weigh so much for your excitement right now. Oh, and hi, by the way, my name is Taven. I am a pup. Bark, bark. Hi, welcome to the thing. And thank you so much for sharing your journey that you had already this day. It's amazing. I was just getting started. Hold on. That only goes up to 12 yeah. Okay. Oh, there, there's more. Okay. What hap What else happened? So, twelve thirty-five. <laughs> I decided it was time to take a shower. Oh, good <gasps> for you. It took you five. It sometimes takes a while to decide these things. But as a kitty, do you take showers? I don't think kitties like water. No, I just lick myself. <laughs> okay. I see. Uh, so that lasted fifteen minutes or so. I, I don't know. I lost track of time. Yeah. Okay. Ah, <laughs> as most kitties do. As most kitties. So, Brutus, where are you from? Where do you Where do you call home? Texas, Fort Worth. Texas. Wow. So wow. you were right there in the whole concept of the Texas toast conversation today. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not from Texas, but I'm just saying I'm 
I'm living. Oh. <laughs> Where are you from? That question is begged. I am from the Netherlands. Wow. The Netherlands. And how long have you been over here, Kitty? Uh, since 2013. Okay. Wow. And what brought you over from the wonderful, mystic, exotic place called the Netherlands? Basically, it was more of an educational thing. Uh, my brother mm-hmm. was going to college, so he actually got a full ride to a university in uh, Massachusetts. So he went to Babson for his first year. And then so oh. we're like, oh, we don't want to move to like over there because it's super expensive. And it was already expensive in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, let's just move to Texas. So then he still went to... Babson in Massachusetts. And then uh, when it was time for me to go to college, I went to North Texas University. And then he transferred to Baylor. So we're all in Texas. So what did you study? I studied, uh, I kind of cheated because half my, or my mom's side of the family is Japanese. So I was actually a Japanese major. And uh, you you uh, cheated (laughs) Kitty. Oh, wow. Well, I was a double major in Japanese and communications with a minor in music. Nice, nice. So that means when you were digging coal, you weren't, um, you were always entertained because you had a minor in music. Uh, we don't want I, minors. <laughs> we don't want don't minors know. in music. No. You don't, you don't. Okay, good, good, good. So <laughs> what do you do now these days, Kitty? You purr, you, you take a shower, you eat things, and that's amazing. Um, but what else? <laughs> Basically, I had a career change. I don't do anything with Japanese anymore, actually. I thought what I was going to do, because COVID hit, I wanted mm-hmm. to, after I graduated, go to Japan and teach English over there. But since oh, COVID uh-huh. kind of like said no, right. I decided that. to focus on things that I really enjoy, which is composing music and also doing voiceovers. So that's no, what nice. I'm doing now. That is, that's exciting. Ich ni san shi. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. I did it. <laughs> I counted to four. Oh, okay. <laughs> Five is the goal. <laughs> It is Ishni Sanshi Go Rok. Yeah. I forget. Oh. Uh, oh, I forget. Ishni Sanshi Go Rok. Nana. Nana. Oh, that's right. Isn't there another? Some do Shichi. Nana and there's some do Sichi. That's the, that's the word I knew. Sichi. Sichi. Yeah, also for, um, they don't use she that much because I guess she is also the Japanese word for death. So they try and oh, avoid that. So you use yawn, is that right? I, I try yeah. to avoid death whenever I can. Yes. Yeah, and even some like <laughs> like uh, buildings, they actually skip floor number four just because they're very superstitious <gasps> about that kind of stuff. It's just like here, you might have seen some hotels and some like you know buildings don't have a thirteenth floor. They mm-hmm. don't just skip third, like they just don't have a floor thirteen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because thirteen's this superstitious Bad thing luck. here, anyway. Yeah. So, so, and how how long have you been doing the voiceover and music thing, Kitty? I started back in like I guess twenty fourteen, but I started taking it seriously like for music, for music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started back in twenty fourteen, and I literally had a rock band microphone, and I was just recording into Audacity. Nice, <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah, that works. And then uh, up works. until like two. Years ago, I started taking it seriously because it's something I really enjoyed doing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then for voiceovers, I started that back in 2017, maybe 2016. But uh, back then. nice, hmm. nice. You have a soothing kitty voice. So, do you play a he lot does. of soothing kitty roles in your voiceovers? Uh, not really. I usually play like monsters. 
Oh, that okay. that makes so much sense. I I can see it right now. It's uh, I think well, a soft spoken not- monster is a lot more scary than a not with this monster. not with this voice. This oh, is- well, give us a monster voice. Like what? What do you want me to say? I don't know. <laughs> just say anything. <laughs> say, um, say, uh, give us a monster voice that says, "Hello, mother. Hello, father. Greeting from camp, Kitty Wana." <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. This is me from camp saying, uh, hi. <laughs> there you go. That's a monster. And there it is. Right. There's there a monster. Is. Mm-hmm. I feel even. Now, now say that like in your normal voice so that we can see which is scarier. Hello, mother. Hello, father. This is me from camp. Yeah, that, that was actually really, really scary. I, I like the I was scary. I was scared the second time more than the first time. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Me too. Because, yeah. you know, like I said, Someone that's calm is what more scarier than someone that's not. What are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> You're asking a lot. <laughs> I don't even plan ahead that far. Wow, okay. Well, I plan on sleeping, maybe. Sleeping okay. is good. Okay, that's good. Do you think you'll play the accordion? Uh, Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Or Specific. at any time. Yeah. <laughs> at any time, yes, tomorrow. but tomorrow, no. Oh, tomorrow, okay. no. Okay. Tomorrow. Okay. Do you think you will sit on a um, hamburger fruit tomorrow? Actually, hamburger yeah, I have one in the fridge. You have? Okay, good, good. So it's a possibility. Well, keep us apprised on that because this is important, and it's important to know these things. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to your report. Okay. On- <laughs> a squish <laughs> I get- fruit burger. So and and for everybody that's for everybody listening, uh, the background music that you're hearing behind us today for the five minute furs was composed and uh, given to us to use by Brutus, actually himself. Himself. So yes. If any fur uh, likes that and would like to commission, I'm just I'm just going to sell you right now, Kitty. So you're stuck. If any fur would like to commission <laughs> and have some wonderful original music made for them um, from a Kitty, then uh, please reach out to Brutus. And um, I'm sure he's uh, since he didn't even know I was going to like make him do work now. Um, I'm sure he's more than happy. <laughs> Uh, to do yep. lots of work for some fur he doesn't even know. So there it is. Yep. Uh, and he's got a lot now. of good... Bruce well, he... has a lot of good music on... SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yes. Yeah, yes. so currently I'm working on three different uh, furry visual novels. Nice. So uh, I'm nice. quite busy with that kind of stuff. And so where uh, can we find you on SoundCloud and get a hold of you and all that good stuff? Find about find out about your stuff. So my SoundCloud name is Gator Tots, like alligator, but and then mm-hmm. oh, and gator, crispy and then chicken nummy tots. <gasps> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I am. Ex- mm-hmm. I wag. I wag. I don't know if you know what you just said, but I wag about it. Which is funny because just before you came on, we were talking about tots in another aspect. Is there a planet called Tots? Planet Tots? Planet Tots. I planet as long tots? as there's no like small children and it's just food, I'd yes. be fine with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Good it's stuff. the food the food planet, not the child planet. Because a planet run by children could be rather um, bad. That could be scarier than Kitty here speaking softly about Hello Mother Camp Father thing. Well, Brutus, our five minutes are up. This is five minute first, so we're going to let you go. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being a fan. And uh, I, even I'm though sorry. he's never heard an episode, <laughs> I know. Who's, uh, and I apologize for all the puns that you didn't quite get earlier today. <laughs> so I'll learn. 
but I All do right. appreciate you guys having me on here. Oh, no you're quite problem. Welcome. Thanks for coming on, right. and uh, we'll talk to you later. Kitty, go have fun purring all around. Nice, nice fur. Uh, he he dropped a few musical riffs in the BFFT chat the other day, and so I reached out to him on uh, DM, and I said, hey, where can I find your music, and can I grab some for the podcast? And he said, absolutely, go for it. So. We have some new background music in addition to Reg Day, in addition to the YouTube music that I use. We now have uh, some music from Brutus. So, media. So, I started watching a show on Amazon Prime called Counterpart. It starts, it starts, it stars J.K. Simmons. Now, you may know J.K. Simmons from the farmer's insurance ads on television where he says... We insure a lot because we've seen a lot. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Uh, the guy that I think I've seen that, yeah. That's that's J.K. Simmons. So the problem with watching the show with him is as soon as he came on the screen, all I could think of is, we, we are, are farmers. That is a problem. So it's kind of hard to get in the right mindset for the show because you've got that right. on mind the whole time. The show ran on Stars. It was a Stars original for two seasons, 2017 to 2019. There's a rumor that season three may come out on Amazon because Amazon bought it and they may redo it and make it uh, more, I don't know, Amazon-ish. Amazon-esque, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The premise is, and this is not any spoilers, but the premise is that uh, J.K. Simmons is a low-level bureaucrat that low works level. at a clandestine operation hmm. that has opened a portal to a parallel Earth. Ooh, what? Ooh, yeah. Hmm. And his counterpart, the other person from... Hence, that is him. Hence the name. Comes across. Yeah. So and after one episode, it's pretty good. It's actually not too bad. I'm going to yeah. watch some more of it. Um, this sounds really actually interesting. I really think I want to check this out. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you have Amazon Prime, uh, it's called Counterpart. It's an old show, but it's new on Amazon right. Prime. Right, 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 right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. Really cool. Yep. Nice. I started reading the uh, Rick Griffin book, uh, Traders, Thieves, and Liars, The Final Days of the White Flower. Nice. Um, I'm about three Love chapters in. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good little book. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of like 23 books now that I'm trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> and as I read different ones, it's like, wait a minute, no, this is a different story. I have to think about which storyline I'm in because. Do you like, uh, switch between books, or do you wait till you're done with a book, or how do you? No, do I switch it? between books. So, okay. like, I'm I'm currently reading two books by Kyle Gold, the Rick Griffin book, and two books by Rukas. Oh, so wow. Okay, I, so you get confused. So I, I get confused. It's like they talk about a ship, and it's like, okay, is it the ship from Rugit? No, it's Rukas the ship. Okay, it's this ship. Yeah. So. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. How did he come back to life? Oh, wait, no, that was... Right, no, it's a oh, different yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's, of so. course, I have to ask, um, so what are the Rukus books, and what are the Kyle books that you're reading? Uh, uh, well, I'm still reading water, the full Waterways series. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And Dude, Where's My Fox. <gasps> Good. I, I haven't started that yet. I want to read that. Okay. And then I'm reading the... I'm actually reading in parallel the storyline about the 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 dog... Oh, God, I can't think of the name of the... Uh, the. I can't think of the name of the book. I have to look it up. But this, the dog that goes to become the the husband of the... The ship book. The book about the ship the book, from Rukas. Oh, oh Heretic. Um, Heretic, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. No, right. great. And, I, I love that book. So, so good. And I can't think of the name of the other book, but there's a parallel book to that, 
which is kind of like the the side story or something along that line. They talk about different things that happened. Uh, Rukus, so Red Lantern stuff, but that's not. Yeah, a, the Red. Lantern. Oh, it is Red. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the so they kind of run in parallel. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of hard to read them at the same time because it's like, oh, wait a minute, this didn't happen yet in the other story, so I have to think. You about, just spoiled so, oh, this yourself. This is going to happen. I spoil myself. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't read that. And hey, Rick Griffin, if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love to have you on the show. Yes, uh, definitely. Since, you, since you we've probably... had the other other two authors that we just talked about have been on our show, so you want to come on our show. Yes. No, no pressure, no pressure. No pressure and, at all. Uh, no. If you listen to this, which you're probably not, but if you are, this is the pup that hugged you on stage at uh, RMFC 2016. So I would love to uh, <laughs> hug you at least virtually again, five or however many years later. So yeah. <laughs> and then just today, uh, a friend of mine texted me and said, have you seen Monster Force 1 on Amazon Prime? I was like, hmm. no. I haven't either, no. So it's a it's a really bad movie. Well, it's not a great movie, but his three-year-old picked it. They were picking movies, and he picked Monster Force 1. Now, if you watch it, they go to a Galaxy Fest convention, and it's part of the opening credits. Opening credits. It's kind of a hodgepodge of everything, but there are real live furries at this conference. (laughs) This is exciting. I wag. I want to watch this for that. And then there's a big party scene later on, because I'm skipping through it, and there's furries in there. So it's it's kind of funny. What? Monster Force 1? Monster Force 1, yes. Um, I'm I sure. No, mo- no, I'm sorry. Monster Force Zero, not Monster Force One. Force Monster Force Zero. Zero. Yeah. No, this um, sounds. Um, I'm really excited to uh, check this out. Yeah. It's definitely a C level movie. Okay. <laughs> not at C level. No. But no, not no. at A. Not a B. But a C. No. So, not even a so B side. Nope. <laughs> not even a B side. So, and that's all of my media. What have you got, Tabin? Uh, let's see. So this week, uh, we finished season four of Mike and Molly. I didn't realize it was that old. Season four was 2013. For some reason, wow. I thought Mike and Mo- Mo- Molly? Molly was... Molly. Um, Mo- Mike and Moldy. Yeah. Mike and Moldy. <laughs> so, no, that's the um, furry version, Mike and Molly. So it's about yes. like gophers and stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but season four, really like season four. Uh, watched a little more Lucifer, of course. That's great. Um, we started season four of Young Sheldon. And I think... Oh, you, good. Have you seen the whole season? Uh, we're current on it, yeah. We're, you're current. Okay, yeah. So, no, it, it's great. It's good. Still, we're only like three... No, we did episode six, for the sixth episode today. But um, still, of course, as you know, young Sheldon, annoying as, oh my Lord, mm-hmm. oh my Lord, oh my Lord. I'm so mm-hmm. glad I do not live with that. Love the show, love the show. Uh, and we started Enterprise. And Good. Um, of course, this came about because, you know, we talked about that recently. And uh, you were saying the new uh, Star Treks are really good. And I'm a Star Trek pup, but I haven't seen the new ones. I'm sorry, every fur to, I don't know why I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it's true. I'm Star Trek pup, but I haven't seen Enterprise or any of the new ones. So um, anyway, we started Enterprise really good. Only seen a few episodes. And I, I, I tweeted a, a poll about how I started Enterprise and everything and listed. So what, which of these uh, uh, Star Trek um, captains is your favorite? And I listed Kirk, uh, Picard, and Archer. Of course, um, Enterprise's uh, captain. And um, so a fur uh, said to me after he saw the results, he he just laughed because the results were like 7% Kirk, 7% Archer, and 81% Picard or something. And he laughs about that anyway. (laughs) 
So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. my favorite is Picard. I mean, Archer's pretty good so far, but um, as I say, I've only seen yeah. three episodes. Well, now you've got to subscribe to Paramount Plus. That's all there is to it. Because I'm I'm sorry, you're going to have to plunk down the money and subscribe to Paramount Plus so you can watch Discovery. That's right. You were saying you really like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. We'll watch and that then uh, they have a new series coming out in 2022. Oh, really? Uh, with Captain Pike. Oh, which okay, is, okay. Which is pre-Kirk. That's uh, that was so. um, Enterprise's um, Captain before Kirk, if I remember right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now Admiral Admiral Pike, yes. So, um, but but he's dead now in the future. <laughs> well, I mean that happens, I guess. So <laughs> I guess, yeah. So you know, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, and the last piece of media I have is: Do you remember several weeks ago I talked about the woke joke book? book that i that i mm-hmm. got the woke joke book yes and uh yeah so for any for no spoiler go back and you hear about the woke joke book find out exactly what that's about but my honey sold it for three dollars if you can believe he that. sold it for three dollars a whole three dollars someone actually bought it for three dollars nice but uh, of course i paid what 9.99 for it so okay <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that would be my media for the week well, that takes us now up to our classic comedy bit. It's a classic comedy bit. Ah, we bit it off. Mm-hmm. And it was more mm-hmm. than we could chew, that's for sure. For every fur listening, this is a Abbott and Costello bit. And Tabin will be playing the part of Lou Costello, as normally he does. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. I will be playing the part of Bud Abbott. So this is called the fodder sketch. And you know, when it's actually called like several different things, depending on where you go. But eventually you get there. But yeah. <laughs> and so here we go. So uh, barely, you know, I just bought this racehorse and i gotta take care of him um so i gotta start with the basics what do you feed a horse anyway well a horse eats its fodder (laughs) he eats his father certainly okay that's fine uh so then what does his father eat well he eats his fodder (laughs) what do you know then uh what does the horse's mother eat well of course she eats her fodder (laughs) what are they cannibals well, certainly not. Every horse has to eat his fodder. Okay, okay. I see. Well, not really, but okay, okay. I'll accept this. So he eats his father, and then his father eats his father, and his mother eats his father, and before you know it, there will be no father's left for Father's Day. No, 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 no. To feed a horse, you take a bag and put it, his fodder in it. You mean you put his father in a bag? That's right, and you hang the fodder on his nose. <laughs> When, what world are we living in? Okay, now now that's just a pretty, pretty picture. A horse walking around with his fodder hanging around his nose. No, will you please make sense? Now, if you intend to keep that horse around, you'll have to take care of him yourself. You're going to have to be the horse's groom. <laughs> I'm going to have to be the horse's what? His groom. You said you loved the horse, didn't you? Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to marry him. Oh, no, 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 no. When I say groom, I mean you have to curry the horse. Are we going to dinner now? What? No, curry. Curry. So, <laughs> curry the horse. That's right. Uh, I, I, 
You see, I think he's big enough to walk for himself. I'm not going to curry him around. Okay, so now if you're going to run the horse in a race, if the track is wet and muddy, will he run well? I mean, I think so. Well, what I'm asking is, is he a mutter? How can he be a mutter? Ain't a she always a mutter? Well, certainly not. Sometimes a he makes a better mutter than a she. What do you know? The times we're living in, I'm glad we're very uh, gender and not <laughs> and sensitive to these things these days. So, uh, okay, suppose the mama horse has little horses. Does does that make her a mutter? Well, no, that depends on her feet. Well, you, you learn something new every day, don't you? <laughs> a mutter is a horse that likes to run in the mud on account of having sore feet. Uh, in that case, I guess my horse is a mutter because I saw him limping on his two front feet. Oh, he's having trouble with his forelegs, huh? What What do you say? I said he's having trouble with his forelegs. I... D- I just got through telling you he was only limping on his two front legs. His two front legs. Your horse's forelegs are in front. Forelegs are in front? Then what are those things in the back, crutches? You, you don't understand. Your horse has forelegs in front and hind legs in back. Forelegs in front and hind legs in back? What, I got a centipede? A centahorse? <laughs> it doesn't matter because, uh, well, my horse only races on three legs anyway. Only races on three legs. What does he do with the other leg? He trips the other horses, of course. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, he cheats. He's a dirty horse. <laughs> and there you have it, friends. Have Furs it. and our Bavida. That is our classic comedy sketch for today. For our Bavida. I hope you enjoyed that. I do, too. I know I did. Did you, Barely? I enjoyed that. That was a sketch that I, I always enjoyed watching Evan Costello do that sketch. I have never actually yeah. heard or seen that one. It's a, it's a pretty good one. Um, it's a pretty good one, yeah. So check in, Barely. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know what time it is? What time is it, Burley? It's time for our guest. And our guest this oh, week. Oh, yeah. It's not just us. There, we have a guest. We have a guest. We always have a guest. Well, we try to have a guest all the time. Our guest this week is Matt Baum who mm-hmm. is a podcaster, author, furry, YouTuber. He is, he is a little bit of everything. everything. Oh, wow. Amazing, oh, wow. amazing person. So let's get to Matt. Yes, let's get to Matt. So for any furry that uh, knows Matt Baum, we hope you uh, enjoy our talking to him. And if you don't know him, please listen, because this is an amazing, amazing fur right here. Joining us today is Matt Baum, who is quite the furry and podcaster and YouTuber and author and journalist, telejournalist. You have quite the pedigree. Thank you for coming on to our show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. And and I haven't introduced myself to you yet, Mr. Matt. <laughs> My name is Taven, and I am a pup. Bark, bark. Thank you so much for being on the show with this this fine eve. It's nice and sunny out. Yeah, it's one of those one of those nice, just early, just getting into spring Pacific Northwest days. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. love those days. The, the air smells so fresh and fun to my little puppy nose and stuff like that. <laughs> so what brought you to the fandom, Mr. Matt? That's such an interesting question because I, there's so many stories and I'm, I literally can't remember which one is true. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I, 
I have been a long time, I guess, um, adjacent because uh, I was actually just talking to my partner about this a few days ago. Way back in in the olden times, when I was in college, uh, around 2000 or so, the subject came up of um, it was somebody going to a website in a browser on someone else's computer and they typed an F to go to FinalFantasy.com and it brought up Furry.com. <laughs> that that was the that was the doorway <laughs> in, I think, to 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 the whole world. Like, oh my goodness, 20 years ago. All it takes is the wrong uh, Google <laughs> autocorrect, and you're you're done. Your life is over now. You're free. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was it. Well, and so I was, you know, adjacent and um, aware of the community, and uh, you know, would follow along online. But it was only, I think, in the last couple of years that I really started uh, writing about the fandom. Oh, okay, cool, cool. What do you write about the fandom in and stuff? So recently, I've had a couple of articles uh, in the Stranger here in Seattle. That's our local alt weekly about uh, the furry community and cons. I, I went to a local con and reported on that. Wrote recently about uh, furry experiments in sexuality and in virtual reality and working on another article about that uh, on that topic. Uh, when the pandemic started, I wrote a piece here about whether or not a fursuit was sufficient protection against uh, COVID. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I guess that qualified. I think I saw that. That was you. Turns out it's not. Yeah, it's okay. that, that was you. Okay. That's interesting that <laughs> I think I saw that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, whenever there's an angle, I, I I try to get on it. Mm -hmm. So what? Of course, I have to ask what con you just re reference a con up there. Which con did you go to? It was Rainforest. Oh, okay, so like the mm -hmm. last one, I assume. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was. It was indeed. I'll say, like you know, I was there. I was there every day, and there are stories about some bad behavior that came out afterwards. But I had a lovely time. Didn't see any um, anyone anyone misbehaving. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, it just takes a few people to cause some problems. But it was a just it, it was a, it was a really lovely weekend. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. My first con act. I was actually registered to go to that. That was going to be like my first con, but then they canceled. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but good. That's exciting. Have you heard of Anthro Northwest or Spokanthro? Yeah, you know, I haven't been as connected to the uh, to the groups. And it's something that I'm hoping to change once the uh, pandemic is hopefully receding into the distance and we can actually go out and have um, in-person interactions. I would love to go to more like actual face-to-face -face, or at least mask-to-mask -mask meetups and, and parties and stuff like that. Uh, it's something like I've got so much happening on the internet and I've had so many social situations that are online that I'm really looking forward to doing stuff with actual uh, other individuals. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. at, in the actual fluff. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, I really recommend Anthro Northwest is up there in Seattle. I've been going every year since it started. And Spokanthro has had one in Spokane. They, they're hoping for next year. Anyway, those are two local to you that hopefully you'll get a chance to go to. Mm -hmm. Spokanthro is a very small, intimate con. So think maybe 200 people, 200, mm -hmm. 300 people. Like max. three, 400. Yeah. Yeah. That was my very first small con. And it was a lot of fun. I've never, the cause I've been to has always been huge where you can't do everything at all. And Spokanthro is great because it's like, okay, well, we've, everybody's done this to now. So now we have downtime. So let's all just socialize. Oh, that's great. So barely you have this note in here about a recent fur aficionado. I'm proud of myself for being able to say that word because I am just a pup. So maybe it's a puppyanado, not a aficionado. I don't know. But what what's that about, Barely and Matt, I guess? Educate me. Help. Well, when we were doing Matt's 
dossier. <laughs> you have a dossier. <laughs> it came up that you had recently started. I know you said you were adjacent for a while, but it's just been a couple of years. Now, have you created a fursona? Yeah, that work is in progress. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I like way way back in the day went to gosh, what was it? It was CritterCon, I think, in in two thousand two in San Diego, and so I had a little bit of interaction face to face then, and then kind of you know it was just sort of like drifted away and wasn't really a part of the community or anything. But more recently, I've been writing so much. I've also been streaming online, and a lot of the folks who come into the chat now are furry. And as time goes on, nice. a a a rabbit persona has evolved. Uh, that Ooh. is. Yeah, so the, the the rabbit's in progress. I, I have actually I, I commissioned some art, so you can see that now on my on my Twitch channel. It's twitch.tv slash Mattbaum. And we're in the process of, of figuring out a name. We're 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 kind of circling around Fenric and we have like a lot of different last names for him that are under consideration. That's cool. That's ex- it's this is like the well, it's all exciting, of course, but this is one definitely one of those exciting points with the the fursona, the creation process and the getting your fursona to come to life and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice creative process that's wonderful. So have you suited yet at all? No, no, not at all. Never? I, you know, and I tend to be a very, like, I'm, I'm very cold. I'm always cold. And so this might actually be a great idea. <laughs> like, just purely for my own comfort. Uh, just, like, just nothing getting... else. <laughs> yeah. I, I might, I'll be a bunny and that's like a perk, but really I'm doing this because I want to be warm. <laughs> yeah. I did actually, when I was at Rainforest, there was a panel for people to make their own tails. And so I went to that and nice. they had patterns and materials and needles and thread and, and everything. So I, I do have a, a rabbit tail around here someplace. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it got to, but I do have a rabbit it, it hopped up somewhere. That's nice. Yeah. That's exciting. So you currently reside in Seattle, but apparently mm-hmm. it took a there was a long road to get there. So tell us about that. Yeah, gosh. So where I first discovered the fandom was in Boston. I was a student at Emerson College there. That's where I met my partner James. And then we moved to San Francisco. I, I had brief a brief stopover in Los Angeles to finish up my college. I was a film student. Moved to San Francisco to do some work in media. Media and entertainment there and journalism, then back down to Los Angeles for a little while. I worked on the Prop 8 trial, which is the lawsuit that re-legalized marriage in California. Oh, cool. Uh, and then once we won, uh, great, cool. Uh, now what? Uh, <laughs> so I'll move away. <laughs> yeah. I have no purpose now. Yeah. Uh, there was really a need to live in a place that was rainy and chilly and had bikes and beards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the LA lifestyle didn't quite us. I also like, Neither my partner and I are really big into car culture and driving. So yeah. we looked at a whole bunch of different cities and Seattle really, really attracted us. It was mm-hmm. between it was P- Seattle, Portland and Chicago uh, and also Boston. But we did that with, you know, we'd been there. Uh, <laughs> so Seattle, we, we knew some folks in Seattle and I just I really like the vibe. It's a it's a it's a generous city, especially coming from Los Angeles, the city yeah. where I felt like people were really kind with their time um, and consideration. And so Seattle won. And I think nice. it was the right and- choice. Wait a minute. You thought Los Angeles was a kind city or you thought Seattle no, no, no. was Seattle, a kind city? Seattle. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. I don't know what Los Angeles you are in because I've <laughs> never been treated that way in Los Angeles. I would love to see that Los Angeles. Yeah, no. Right. It's a, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I tend to judge a city based on like how readily people bust their trays in restaurants and uh, <laughs> it never happens in Los Angeles and people are 
very diligent about like cleaning up after themselves yes. in Seattle. So that's, nice. that's how you can tell. <laughs> yep. And it's got, uh, you know, Seattle has wonderfully huge furry scene there too. So that's mm-hmm. great. So we've already referenced a little bit about all the extensive amount of media you have. So let's uh, talk about that. So your YouTube channel is really great, really big and 85.5K subscribers. That's amazing. And re- I mean, for good reason, there <laughs> people weren't just like, oh, I want to find another YouTube channel to subscribe to. Here's one. No, there's an actual good reason. You've got lots of really great videos. So tell us about how long you've had it. Why did you start it? The audience, the types of videos you do, your vision, and then all that good fun stuff. Yeah. So the YouTube channel is a place for me to do videos uh, primarily now. Um, it, it's been a, a lot of different things, but primarily now uh, the YouTube channel is a place where I post videos about LGBTQ milestones on TV and film. So it might be gay episodes of an old sitcom that you remember or something about, uh, you know, a, a classic old gay movie or something like that. So I'll often take, you know, the a, an episode I'm working on right now, in fact, about a gay episode of Friends and talk about like the background and how that episode came to nice. be and how it went and how it could have gone better. I had one recently Recently, about some of the queer behind-the-scenes stuff that happened with Bewitched and um, the sort of the, mm-hmm. the, the LGBTQ subtext of the show, uh, and also some of the you know text text of what was going on in the lives of the people who were making it. Gosh, what else? I've got one oh, about the Simpsons, about the uh, episode of the Simpsons that John Waters guest starred on. Oh, I didn't see that one. I'll have to look at it's, that. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Star Trek. I've got one about the uh, episode of Star Trek where there's there's one of the early gay kisses, uh, same-sex kisses uh, between two women uh, on Deep Space Nine. Oh, nice. So yeah, so just dive on into the like the history and the backstory and some of the you might not have known surprises of uh, LGBTQ television. So a big question I have to ask on The Simpsons, Smithers is gay, right? I love you, Smithers. The feeling is more than mutual, sir. I think that has now been confirmed. For, like, yeah, okay. It's hard for me to, to stay up to date with a show that's like got that much content. But I think right. at this point, like he's been on gay floats. Uh, he's actually yeah, yeah. in the John Waters episode. He like they, they have like a little they have some drama between them, between him and the John character. Oh, so gay. So yes. gay. <laughs> uh, and I remember a Star Trek episode. I don't remember at all what episode was or anything, but it, it was a Next Generation episode. In the very beginning, I forget, you're watching the main Beverly Crusher and Jean-Luc or something are walking. And then in the background, walking the other way, are two males holding hands. Very, you know, I mean, they're obviously a gay couple. And that always... But then there's nothing else in the episode about it. It was just something at the very beginning. There's this little hint of there's a gay thing there. And that was very cool. But anyway, you know, it's something that Gene always promised and never really the show never really delivered on. Unfortunately, Mm. he would often say, like, there's going to be gay couples. There's going to be a gay character. And I don't think he ever said couples, but he said there's going to be a gay character. And there were plans. And there was some uh, David Gerald, who wrote the uh, the original Troubles with Tribbles on the original series, uh, Mm. had uh, a script that was in development. And it just kept getting notes and notes and notes and never actually got produced uh, until it was Mm. actually finally produced by fans eventually. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I think it's called called Blood and Fire is the name of it, I believe. But Next Generation, unfortunately, did just you know it was one one frontier too far yeah it wasn't yeah. quite there for next generation until of course all the reboots it's all over mm-hmm. which yeah. is nice i'm glad that it's finally done that but yeah they they had a hard time uh, getting over that fence they really yeah. did yeah it's, uh, you know part of that is just the product of what was on tv at the time and and mm-hmm. what the gatekeepers were willing to allow right yeah so the, both both the gatekeepers and the gay keepers in this case yes exactly <laughs> that's, that's how they saw themselves 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so you actually, it's interesting you mentioned the Bewitched episode because, you know, I haven't seen all the videos, of course, because you have so many, but they're all great. And like, as, as you're kind of saying, very educational. Shout out to our listeners. We have more than one. Take a look at some of these videos. They're very educational and very interesting and, and lots of awesome history. And so uh, Bewitched is one I watch. And also one of the others I seen was the Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman episode. Oh, was yeah. It, that was very, very cool. Lesser known show, that one. <laughs> yeah, very, very you lesser know? known. It was a show, it was like late 70s or so, and never really made it to syndication, or at least seldom made it to syndication. So it's not one of those ones that like was on Nick at Night for everybody. Mm-hmm. But it did have what I think is the first recurring gay couple on uh, American primetime television. Hmm. Cool. In the 70s, too. That, that's uh, yeah. pretty ahead of their time. No, that's Way exciting. back in the 70s. Yeah, it was a big mystery at the time, like what they were exactly, because they were first presented as brothers. And then they would talk about people finding out about the, the truth about them and what their secret was. And it was, you know, they get hounded out of town if anybody knew. And eventually people find out. And it's it's not quite a scandal because everybody, fortunately, everybody else in, in Fernwood, which is the town, has their own scandals going on. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. It's something that Mark Cherry, who did Desperate Housewives and a whole bunch of other shows, once commented on how, I think this was in the 90s, uh, gay characters or queer characters were becoming more acceptable because so many people had seen them on talk shows. Uh, actually, no, it was actually that he had said he said that uh, so many people had seen worse on talk shows. So many people had seen so many other strange ways of living mm. on talk shows. Mm-hmm. And it was like, now gay people are like 10 freaks down the list, was how he put it. Uh, so... <laughs> Once Maury Povich and all of those shows came on and all of the weirdness uh, happened, then then gay couples were, like you said, yeah, 10, 10 freaks down the list. Wow. Yep. And then 15 freaks later, there's furries, right? <laughs> you know, it's been so interesting to see the change uh, over the time that I've been like kind of keeping an eye on the fandom, because there was certainly a time 20 years ago when furries were just the butt of the jokes. And it was, you know, there's this hierarchy of who gets made fun of on the Internet and furries were always at the bottom. And, you know, I noticed maybe like 10 years or so a change uh, where people were like, oh, actually, these these people seem good. And maybe it was because social media had sort of daylighted just like how loathsome other people can be uh, (laughs) that, you know, there was a perception like, well, uh, you know, furries may be unusual, but at least they're not doing this. Right. And suddenly (laughs) suddenly was like, oh, could 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 be worse. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not actually doing what all the media says they're doing. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're came to that point. No, that's, uh, that's true. There's a story that I read about, I think it was on Tumblr or someplace, this group of non-furries who were at a bowling alley. And I think it was somebody's like car got stuck or something like that. Like or their, the engine wouldn't start. And there just happened to be a like a busload of furries who would like all come in suits to the bowling alley. And the busload of furries helped like get like jumpstart the battery or so, some story like that. And <laughs> it was a story that just like went around. It did numbers, yeah. like they say. And mm-hmm. uh, people, I just remember seeing it like, oh, look at all these people like young people who are like, okay, yeah, furries are cool. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, something has changed. Something. Yeah. And you know, there, there's also, I think it was in California. You might remember this barely. There was a, oh, further confusion one year. 2020. 2020. Oh, you, oh, so really recently. Um, yeah. It was the last, it was the last con before 
things went bleh. <laughs> so. Yeah, but there was uh, someone was getting mugged, I think, or something like that. And it oh, was yeah. like, yeah, 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 you heard right. about that. It was right outside for the confusion. So a bunch of first readers went out and helped. And uh, yeah, that was in the news for a long time. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. And then there was an immigration yeah. thing as well, wasn't there? There's like somebody who had, I think this was in Canada. There's a family with the child who had immigrated recently. And I want to say like either the furries met the family at the airport and just, it was like somebody in a suit just to like, you know, lift up the child's spirits or something like that. But there was this really heartwarming story about like a family of immigrants who didn't, who weren't sure if they'd be welcomed. And like, it's it just you know, an extremely stressful experience. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was really nice to see them welcomed in such a friendly way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turns out that furries are like, we're okay. I mean, we're, kind of friendly. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're a friendly hugged. bunch. Yeah. Yeah. We like to hug. If you're afraid of hugs, don't be a furry. Because yeah, this, that's going to happen a lot. Run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what is Culture Cruise? So Culture Cruise was what I was calling those videos for a long time. And oh, it had okay. this whole like nautical theming around them because <laughs> uh, we were gonna, we're going on a cruise and it's on a, we're on a boat. And then I've kind of streamlined them a bit. So uh, it's just like me, me ta- just talking straight to the camera. And it, there's not this whole like premise of us being on a boat and going on a cruise anymore. <laughs> I did dress up as a sailor for those videos. And... I yes, uh, the <laughs> Bewitched episode. I think you're dressed up as a sailor for that ep- for that episode because I was watching that the other day. I might have yeah. So I, I think I might have mentioned Bewitched in a different in one of the sailor ones. So the Bewitched one, I, I'm wearing. I'm just in a t-shirt. I'm just comfortable in that one. But I think Bewitched you're has come up several times in, in oh, some of my okay. back catalog. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay, nice. So, and, and so finally, now, okay, Bewitched has come up so much. Let me do something about Bewitched. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. And so you had mentioned Twitch streams. Mm-hmm. What are those about? What's the premise? What's the audience? How long have you been doing it? What made you want to start it? And all that good stuff. Well, I've been on and off with Twitch for a couple of years. Uh, my partner and I would stream together. Uh, we were doing, I think we started with uh, some of the Zelda games. We did some of the uh, older oh, Final nice. Fantasies uh, because we um, we actually met in college. And, and one of the ways that we got to know each other was that the folks that I was living with had the good TV and James had the PlayStation. <laughs> and so by our powers combined we were able to like all get together and play final fantasy nice uh and so that was one of the ways that and, and dragon ball z was uh one of the ways that we we bonded early on and cool so yeah so we, we streamed that a couple years ago and then i would do semi-frequent streams i think it was on mondays and fridays uh where i would do what i called let's reads where we just read some piece of like classic literature like i just read it out loud and mm. then we talk about it and that was fun uh and then that kind of fell away a little bit for a while and now i'm back doing every monday wednesday and friday and it's a mix of stuff Sometimes we'll play some games. Sometimes we'll just hang out and chat. Sometimes we'll watch some old videos because I love looking at like weird old media. So we'll call up some like bizarre <laughs> clips that I found in like my strange like research of TV shows or commercials and theme songs have disappeared into the into the ether and I've, I've kind of resurrected them. For the last few days, James and I have been playing a lot of Monster Hunter together. Uh, so it's very ah. fun to, to go on basically monster hunting dates and nice. folks in the chat are <laughs> nice. definitely helpful with pointing out either it, uh, techniques or like, oh, there's the monster over there. Go over there and stuff like that so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's go to uh, the monster <laughs> yes yes nice so did you meet your partner in real life first or did you meet him as an avatar first in real life uh we were going oh. to uh we were both going to emerson college and working on some video projects together there's a, a children's tv show that we were producing that i was producing and he was he was writing some stuff for and uh he actually wrote a script and handed it 
to one of the other producers and they handed it to me and I found it in my bag and forgot that it had been handed to me. And I was like, who is this person? Why did, why do I have their script? And, and why do I like it so much? So oh. I, I looked him up in the student directory and, and left a rambling message on his voicemail. <laughs> uh, that's adorable. Saying, that's adorable. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the first time that we really that we had some serious interaction. We we'd just been like sort of friends of friends of friends or uh, adjacent before that, but we really got to know each other uh, following that. Well, that's sweet. And you've been together for how long? Twenty ish years. Wow! wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. Turns out twenty years is a long time. That's sixteen years longer than I've been um, around. I've been alive because I'm I'm just a pup, so I, I'm not very old and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were mentioning the old some of the Twitch stuff. You would just find old like hidden stuff in the media and in TV and whatever that would just pop up. Mm-hmm. Did some of that spawn some of your videos? Oh yeah, very much. Yeah. Uh, the live streams are very helpful for the videos actually oh, okay. because there's just there's no way I can know everything that's out there. Yeah. So just, you know, in the process of I'm working on a video about friends right now, and that'll that'll probably be uh, up on my channel by the time that this airs. I'm aiming to have that up in early, early April. So, you know, researching the the, the history of uh, the Chandler character who is for a time conceived of as potentially gay. And I'm, you know, digging through these interviews about him and uh, finding old clips of uh, of episodes. And as I'm doing that, I sometimes I'll do some of my research on the live stream and folks were like, Oh, do you know about this episode of Saturday night live that Matthew Perry oh, hosted cool. where they actually had a skit uh, that depicted Chandler as a gay character. And I'm like, no, I didn't know about that. And they pointed me to that. And, and somebody else pointed me to an interview with Lisa Kudrow, where she talks about how she oh. thought the Chandler character was gay. And so that was really helpful. Uh, somebody else was works in a research library. And when I was talking about this one, there's a reference to this um, Chandler's connection to this actor named Franklin. It's not Franklin Pangborn. It's uh, uh, Edward Everett Horton. Uh, who played kind of coded gay characters in the 30s, 40s. Uh, hmm. So this viewer who works in a research library was like, you know, we might actually have a book about him. Uh, let me look that up. And he actually found a book that had some, like I would never, you know, because the libraries are closed. I wouldn't have been able to, to go if I wanted True. to. True, yep. To, he was able to dig up this one line about this guy, some queerish aspects of his career that I would never have found otherwise. Wow. So my viewers are, are super helpful. And, and often on the live streams, they'll either like help me with the research or sometimes we'll just have fun and like a, a while back, we were looking at what was it? It was theme songs. We're looking at like Saturday morning and like afternoon cartoon show theme songs um, mm. with a, with an emphasis on on the furry shows. So you know, like yeah. I don't know, Biker Mice from Mars and and stuff like that. And, uh, and and Lone Lone Star, um, Rescue Rangers, of course. Mm-hmm. So we're you know we're, we're we're diving through all this stuff, and I don't know that there's a video that's going to come out of this, but people were sharing their like early childhood furry influences, which was just very fun to hear. <laughs> that's from awesome. People. Yeah, that yeah. our viewers tend to just correct us with all the things we say wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's good too. I mean, I yeah. appreciate that. I don't, I don't want to be wrong about stuff. So if people are yeah. ready to correct yeah. me. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned this is like so amazingly off topic, but I am a pup, and that is what I do. Barely can definitely <laughs> concur to that. But um, you mentioned when this episode comes out, and that reminded me, you are going to be or are our first guest in season two of our podcast. So thank you for being our oh, very great. first guest. Yeah. It's that is been, super exciting. We've been doing this a year and you are starting hitting off a great season two. So Oh I'm 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 good. It's all it's all uphill from here. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. So also speaking of podcast, you have a few podcasts. So how long have you you know same questions. How long have you had them? 
premise? What's your audience? What did you, mm -hmm. what started it? And what are they all about? All that good stuff. But before you answer that question, I have to ask you, how do you find the time for all of this? That's a very oh. good question. <laughs> I I don't. I don't have enough <laughs> okay. for all of it. <laughs> you, That's the answer. No, you, it's, it's too much. It's too much. You, uh, yeah. You've invented a time machine so that you can like go back in time and do more because you've already mm -hmm. used up all the time you have. That's very prolific of you. My unfair advantage is James, my partner. Um, we work on a lot of stuff together and he's sort of often unsung and behind the scenes, but he does like, you know, a ton of work to, to help me with all the stuff that I produce. It's, it's really a, with a lot of it, it's a collaborative team kind of pop and pop effort uh, to, mm -hmm. to get all this stuff out. So it's, it's really, it's not just me. Uh, it's, it's the two of us working together on a lot of stuff. Well, that's good. Cool. That's good. Cool. Yeah, it turns out it's very useful to have some other fur. Is he a furry too? Uh, not really, but you know, we've been harassing him into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, James, when you're listening to this, just just embrace the furry. It's so much easier. It's so much easier. Yeah. We've been talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been talking about a capybara pers uh, persona for him. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. 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 Just do yeah. it. Just do it. <laughs> it's so. Don't fight it. <laughs> My husband is not a furry also, but extremely supportive and goes to, with me to cons and, and stuff. So um, I understand. I understand. But he does technically have a fursona. He does actually have a fursona mm -hmm. technically. So um, yeah, yes. so maybe he's getting there yeah. too. We'll all get there. So getting back to your podcast, oh. getting back to your podcast, let's, let's get, let's talk about you, not us. No, you don't, nobody cares about us. They That's listen true. to us. You're our guest. So. <laughs> So Sewers of Paris is, is the main one uh, right now. It's uh, a podcast of Kasha. I've been doing it for a couple of years uh, where I talk to a different guest every week about the entertainment that changed their lives. So oh, nice. I talk to different LGBTQ folks about the books and movies and TV and songs and games that have shaped them into the queer people that they are today. Nice. And that, that's... Uh... Up. That's cool. Yeah. What was that called? The Sewers of Paris. Oh, the Sewers of Paris. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah. you also have Queens of Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's on hiatus at the moment, oh. uh, but we've been doing that for for a couple of years. It's uh, uh, drag queens playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> what else are they going to do, right? <laughs> Of course, yeah, like they would. Uh, narrative comedy adventure uh, with uh, with a bunch of drag queens based here in Seattle. Okay, so my question to you is, what's your favorite drag queen name? Ah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a tough question. So, uh, gosh, you know, James and I have always joked about, like, uh, legs akimbo, <laughs> like having a drag <laughs> character with that name. But I have toyed. It's never actually happened. I've never, like, pulled the trigger on it. But I've always said that my drag character is going to be a old mystery solving character named uh agatha crusty <laughs> that is would be an amazing drag name especially for that mm -hmm. uh personality <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the opportunity to pull that character out it hasn't happened yet yeah 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 mm -hmm. but who so, knows so we'll have to pull it out for the new uh pride festival that when it comes back after covid i mean because go. everybody's yes. gonna be over the top when the first pride happens after COVID, man, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. I can't wait. Well, if, if it's a secret, if Agatha Christie is a secret, you don't have to worry because we don't have too many listeners. So, uh, this, it's not out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> great. 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 Yeah, yeah. Keep it under wraps. And so you also more media mm -hmm. again, I, I, I echo barely in that. How do you, even you and James, how do you even have time for all of this? So you have a book called defining marriage. So tell us about the book. Yeah. So that came out of the work that I did on the prop eight trial, uh, in California. So I was working like 
inside the machine behind the scenes on the lawsuit to re-legalize marriage. Uh, California had marriage for like one summer uh, in 2008, and then uh, it was banned again. Mm. So uh, the lawsuit got started. It was uh, backed by a lot of folks, uh, a lot of big big name Hollywood celebrities were were uh, behind it, as well as some like super powered lawyers. And uh, I was brought on kind of early in the process to do some of the research and communications for it, which is pretty, you know, there's a lot of like really dry legalese involved in a lawsuit, as you might imagine. Um, and part of my job was was making it a little more exciting and interesting and accessible. And so I would do videos about what was going on, you know, infographics and, you know, try to make it a little bit more understandable and, and keep people informed. So in that process, uh, I would talk to tons and tons of people who had been involved in marriage equality for the last 40 or so years, going back to the 1970s. And they all had incredible stories about how they got involved and why marriage was important to them and how their relationships were informed by this decades long fight to have their families recognized. Uh, and I started writing stuff down and, and recording their stories and uh, put it into this book, Defining Marriage. And uh, it, it basically, it's the behind the scenes personal stories of the the struggle to to legalize marriage equality oh, very cool. uh, starting in around the 1970s, which was not really the beginning of, of the marriage equality movement. But there was a, a couple of things that, that kind of kickstarted what had been fairly quiet and uh, hypothetical, really, uh, movement up until then. Uh, it started to become real around uh, 74 or so. Hmm. So, you wow. know, I just went went back to the folks who were there and got their personal stories and handed a picture of this, like, long, long arc uh, from then until today and came out just after the Supreme Court uh, ruled in 2015 on uh, the Obergefell case that uh, legalized marriage equality again uh, across the country. Wow, mm-hmm. very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. A wonderful. Sounds like history going on in there and, and over decades. So that spanned how many decades then of those stories? That would have been uh, four decades. Okay, so f- the full time. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of generations, a lot of different families. Okay. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Have you done any work internationally for LGBT rights and marriage equality? You know, here and there, a lot of a lot of countries are frankly ahead of the U.S. and in, in a lot of mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the one of the international things that I did that was you know it wasn't quite so uh, legal. It was more about community. In 2017, uh, I went to a whole bunch of different countries' prides in Europe and photographed, documented cool. those. The advocate was very generous about uh, supporting some of that work uh, and made it possible for me to do that. So, you know, just went from one city to another to document what what does Pride look like in, in all these different countries? And you know, we're coming up on the, on the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. So it was a, a timely mm-hmm. time to... Uh, to, to, to make that documentation happen mm-hmm. and really interesting to capture the different ways the different cities and, and different countries commemorate the you know the police riot the uh, rebellion against uh, authority and also celebrate the the strength and the resilience of the community and look forward to what's ahead for queer folks mm-hmm. what do you so that's very interesting so what really stands out to you in these different cultures different countries and everything about the differences of their takes and how they celebrate and their viewpoints on pride you know you know, one of my favorite, in fact, I think my favorite, the the one favorite pride that I went to was probably Paris. Wow. Uh, I, I And I didn't, you know, obviously there's hundreds of prides and I didn't get to go to all of them. Uh, but what I loved about that one is it was quite unruly. Everybody could just walk in the parade if they wanted to. There were no like barricades or barriers. There wasn't anything really official 
like hmm. stopping you from just getting involved. And so you could just like mill around the parade and walk alongside it. And there was sort of a, a chaos energy to it that I loved that felt very, it felt very queer and it felt very in the spirit of Stonewall hmm. that the, it really was a community effort. It wasn't, you know, a board of directors. Obviously there's a lot of organization that goes on behind the scenes to make the parade possible, but you know, it wasn't like you needed to get a permit to, to, to walk. And I really loved how, how democratic it was, you know, which isn't to say that like, you know, you can, you can have a, a perfectly lovely uh, parade, uh, pride experience with, with barriers as well. When you just stand there, um, that, that was my experience in San Francisco, for example, um, photographing, I, I photographed San Francisco pride many a time. Mm-hmm. And that one can be a little long. <laughs> yeah, it can be I, a little I lengthy. Probably imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, there comes a point where you're like, how many more floats for a bank do I need to see? <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Portland's that way now too. You go to the Portland mm-hmm. Pride and the parade is like three and a half, four hours long. And it's oh like, mm-hmm. oh, one more twinks dancing on a pickup truck bed. Hooray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But in a slightly different fashion than the one ahead of it. So, <laughs> yes, I also really like Reykjavik. I went to to Iceland's Pride, and it, what's lovely about that one is something like fully two thirds of the country attends Pride, like hmm. in in Reykjavik, because it's it's like the one big city, and it is a very sweet event. Uh, it's very I, like I don't want to sound like I'm being condescending about it because I'm not, but because it's a smaller country, it tends to be smaller in scale than say you know like London Pride, and so a lot of the folks know each other so it's a lot of you know like a con kind of people seeing each other again cool Mm-hmm. It's a, a pretty speedy uh, parade, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a little festival out on the in the in the park, and there's some music, and some people have picnics, and everybody pa- packs up and goes home, and and that was a day, and you know mm-hmm. it's that it's awesome. you know you get in, you do your pride, you get out, and and you're it's done. Yeah. Also, Iceland is such a it, it's a it's a very queer friendly country, oh. so you know it, it's it's a safe environment, it's a supportive environment. People just you know have a great time. I don't think I saw I don't think I saw anything homophobic, like no protests or counter protests or anything like oh, that, and. Wow. Wow. In, in Reykjavik. So well, that's awesome. Yeah. Just a, a really lovely, supportive, nice, nice cool. place. Would you like to go back? I would love to. Yeah. I loved Iceland. It's, you know, like I said, I moved to Seattle for the, you know, cold, cold gloomy weather. <laughs> and, 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 and since you love and it, the does cold, not disappoint. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like, you know, and it, as we're recording this, there's a, a volcano erupting in Iceland right now. So I love the, just how dramatic and flamboyant the country is. <laughs> <laughs> the whole country is dramatic and Floyd Boyd. Hey, as I can, mm-hmm. I can see it now. If you're coming in, about to land in the plane, as you approach the whole country, it's just waving hello, everybody out there. How you doing? It's just <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's friendly, friendly. Honestly, very like compassionate place. I, I really, I really like Iceland. Mm, nice, 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 very exciting. And so you have the book, but you also have news contributions, of course, as you've mentioned, The Advocate and, mm-hmm. and Stranger. And but, but you have like lots of others, I think, don't you? Yeah. So I write for uh, quite a few outlets right now. The concentration is around uh, The Stranger. I'm writing a oh. lot of coverage for The Stranger about various topics, uh, a lot of queer culture stuff, but not just that. Also a lot of nerd culture stuff. I just wrote a piece today about some games that are coming out later this month that I think everybody should play. Nice. Uh, we're recording this at the beginning of April. And so I think a lot of people are excited for Pokemon Snap at the end of the month. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of great indie games. They're just like constantly coming out. Uh, so I write about like nerd culture for the stranger, pop culture stuff. And of course, furries when I can get away with it. You know, we don't want to <laughs> turn it into like, you know, competition for dog patch, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm happy whenever there's an excuse to write about the fandom. I'm yeah, happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. Nice. We love you, nice. dog patch. That, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out dog patch. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. And you've had uh, little things in like Out Magazine and um, San Francisco magazines and things. Were those just kind of one-off things people would ask you to write for them? Or how did those go about? And what, what are those about? Yeah. So I've written for, gosh, let me think, I, 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 quite a few publications. So I've written for Vice Magazine and I'm working on a piece for Input Magazine right now about furries and VR. Nice. Uh, working on, gosh, who else? Who else do I write for? For sure, like The Stranger and then, oh, The Advocate. I wrote for The Advocate for quite a while. Bay Area Reporter in San Francisco and the oldest uh, operating LGBTQ newspapers in the country. So yeah, you know, it, it, for a long time, I was just doing that like freelance uh, lifestyle where uh, my byline was just popping up wherever I could get it. Uh, I've done some writing for Rolling Stone. Wow. What did I write about for Rolling Stone? Now I, oh, uh, uh, International Mr. Leather. I wrote oh. about the uh, leather competition <laughs> nice. in Chicago. Nice. Uh, yeah. for, for Rolling Stone. Then for NPR. Oh, I reported on uh, drag Christmas shows for NPR. Very uh, saucy. There's always this <laughs> proliferation. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. Awesome. There's tons and tons and, uh, like, of, of queer celebrations of Christmas. So I, I covered right. that for National Public Radio. So I have to ask you, have you covered at all the, the adult puppy play scene? I have for The Stranger uh, a couple years oh, ago. Wow. Okay. When it was, it seemed like there was sort of a, a pup renaissance uh, going on maybe around like 2006 or so, or, or 2016. Pup a mm-hmm. puppasance. Yes. And so I wrote a piece for The Stranger about like, what is pup play and uh, how do you get into it? And are, how do you know if you're a pup? And uh, there's because there is a, like a really big one of the things that I love about Seattle is that it's a really sex positive mm-hmm. city and, and particularly kink positive city. Mm-hmm. When we were looking at it, when we were looking at moving to Seattle, I remember like, you know, met, made a few friends here and talked to people. And afterwards, I was like, what is in the water in Seattle? Like, everybody seems to have a dungeon. <laughs> like, there's so many. <laughs> So many folks who like either they're they're poly or they have a dungeon or both. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Because everyone I talked to was like, "Oh, this is my boyfriend. This is my boyfriend's boyfriend, and this is our dungeon." <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So many folks. So anyway, so I wrote about Seapaw, which is the uh, the pups and handlers here, uh-huh. and the sometimes sometimes friendly, sometimes uh, sometimes more uh, not standoffish, but uh, that they that they have less overlap the the pup and the furry community in Seattle. And so anyway, wrote a big piece about that and, and the great work that uh, that the Seapaw does because they do a lot of uh, really good community building here as well. Cool. Yeah, there's a limited crossover between the puppy world and the and the furry world, especially in California. There's I mean, you go to the cons in California and you've got puppy panels and stuff like that and the mm-hmm. the pups around doing their stuff even during the regular con time and that was i'm fairly new to the to the furry fandom about 2017 is when i came in mm-hmm. so that was also the time when puppy play was coming into the fandom because uh, mm-hmm. i actually was we were at uh, FurCon in uh, san jose and that was mm-hmm. the first year they allowed a panel which was kind of funny because there was lots of adamant they should not be part of the furry community it's like why <laughs> For, an, for a community that wants to be open and accepting, why are you excluding them from your world? And nobody could give me a good answer when I asked that question. <laughs> I'm always a little skeptical of gatekeeping and, and people who yeah. are like, there needs to be some sort of like, I don't know, purity test for, for participation in a community. And obviously, you know, if something is adult in nature, there are measures you can take to make sure that people who are appropriate are, are participating. But yeah, I, I, I'm skeptical of yeah. folks who are like, well, we need to we need to look respectable so we don't spook the horses. Um, right. Because I, I'm a pup that spooks the horse all the time, so I, I understand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the other thing about furry is, you know, and I did a lot of research when coming into the fandom and, you know, coming in, I found out that there was a long time when at cons, if you were in suit, they would not let you speak. Yeah, yeah. That so was, you had to oh. be silent. That was further it confusion. It was a very strange thing to find yeah, out. Yeah, I, I know uh, further yeah. confusion did that. It's only about 
Oh, it's probably been about six to 10, I don't know, six years now or something. But at one point at the con, you, you had to be a silent suitor and, and everything. So we're, we're making progress in the furry world, accepting puppies. <laughs> uh, animals can actually talk now. It, it's it's quite um, wonderful and amazing. <laughs> I think a lot of some listeners out there would be really interested to read that Puppy Play article you wrote. When was that? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. It was uh, 2015 or 2016, I okay. think. Let me see. I think the article is something like, let me see, if I look up Stranger Pup Play, <laughs> Matt Baum. There is, oh, there yeah, a good old Google. June of 2015. What is Puppy Play and why is it so popular? Is that Okay. June, June oh, nice. of 2015. Okay. That's that's awesome. I'll have to take a look myself. Great. So, <laughs> So yes, hi. How's your evening going? <laughs> not bad, not bad. I've been, uh, you know, like I said, chugging away on this uh, script for uh, the video about friends. So you know, it, which these scripts always take me like the, the videos take me down all these like interesting avenues of research. Uh, it started mm-hmm. off being about the gay Chandler character or what could have been the gay Chandler character, and so a lot of digging through archives for that. And been watching a lot of clips of the folks who made Friends made a show after after Friends was a hit. They were like, let's see if we can do that again. So they tried to do it again with a show <laughs> called Veronica's Closet that that wasn't really? quite a hit for a variety of reasons. Yeah, um, I remember that but, show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It did have an actual queer character on it uh, who has a coming out episode and it's quite good. And so I've been like reviewing it and, and looking at it like, what is what are they doing right about this? And mm. Really what it comes down to is uh, support. His friends are supportive when he comes out before he comes out because he comes out in the third season. Uh, and so until up until then, his friends use gender inclusive language, uh, saying things, you know, like they're very aware of of their language. You can see them thinking through like uh, you're going to make someone very happy someday. Like they want to say something nice mm. to him. and They're, they're careful not to say something some man or some woman. And then when he does come out, they're happy. They applaud. They shake his hand and they hug him. And it's so nice and so different from what might have come a few years earlier on a show like Friends, for example, Mm -hmm. which comes out of an era where coming out episodes are either a big joke or a big crisis. So it's nice to see that the the folks who made Friends got basically a a do-over on making one of their main characters gay and were able to do such a good job of it. Mm -hmm. That's very, very, very cool. So I I have to ask, so what is, because you mentioned you, you find some bizarre things sometimes when you do this digging, what do you think is one of the most bizarre things you've either just found or made a video about or whatever that came from just your inadvertent digging into this stuff? Oh, that's an interesting question. I I will say that like one of the weird things that I've got going on with this video is, and this was actually the result of people pointing me in the right direction. Uh, I mentioned that Saturday Night Live uh, skit from, oh, maybe late 90s, early 2000s, where we see a kind of speculative version of Friends where what if Chandler had been gay and the one of the SNL cast members uh Colin Quinn is doing an impression of Chandler but if Chandler was very gay yeah. and weirdly like it's it's just a weird skit to begin with <laughs> but weirdly he's doing this voice that is he says that it's meant to be Ed Wynn which uh-huh. is the the character actor who's the uncle uncle Arthur I think or uncle something on, from Mary Poppins the guy who's floating on the ceiling when he laughs mm-hmm. so he says the voice is supposed to be a mix between that and Edward Everett Horton, who's this sort of um, played played the f- uh, frustrated bellhop type characters in a lot of movies in the 30s. <laughs> okay. And it's not that at all. It's actually Snagglepuss oh. is oh, the wow. actual voice that he's doing. It's just clearly Snagglepuss. Oh, awesome. And so that led me to one of my favorite Snagglepuss appearances, which is obscure commercial from the 1950s, probably late 50s, early 60s. Uh, it's an ad for Cocoa Krispies uh, where mm-hmm. he's it's just it's Snagglepuss singing a song about Cocoa Krispies and just doing doing his, his very Snagglepuss affectation and I love it. 
Greetings and hootenannies. We're going to give a hoot about Kellogg's Cocoa Krispies. I'm going to sing. Oh, no. Remove them physically. And you join in with heavens to Murgatroyd when I point at you. With my finger, even. The cocoa bean is lovely. Now. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Because it's chocolatey, don't you see? Heavens to Murgatroyd. It puts the cocoa in Cocoa Krispies. They're as chocolatey as can be. Ooh. to Cocoa Krispies. It's so silly and uh, it's just ridiculous and fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of all the talking animals, I think Snagglepuss is one of my favorites. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's wonderful. Is that is that on your YouTube or is there a link to it? <laughs> it's it's going to be. Okay. So it's going to be in the um, in the Friends video. Oh, okay, uh, cool, cool. And also, it's also it's already gone up. Uh, I will say like on my Patreon, people see I, like I do little previews and sneak peeks at what you can expect from upcoming videos. Uh, and so I've already put out a little sneak peek video where I include a clip of that Snagglepuss moment. So awesome. uh, if folks want to get a little sneak peek at stuff, they can go to patreon.com slash Matt Nice. There you go. That's, that's wonderful. There you go. Is there anything that you would like our listeners to know about you or something that we haven't covered that you would like to just let people know, let furs know? Gosh, we really covered a ton of stuff. Here's what I would say is I'm always looking for stuff to write about and stuff to do videos about and you know just interesting stuff going on. With with, with the fandom. So if folks catch wind of anything or are doing anything that is particularly surprising or funny or innovative, uh, reach out, let me know about it. I'm happy to write about what folks are working on. And I also am aware of the community's sensitivity to media depictions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm eager to provide a more uh, balanced uh, representation of uh, of what the fandom nice. uh, what, what what the fandom is. Uh, oh, and also I should mention I've gotten into VR recently. I'm doing a lot of VR chat with furs in various worlds, just like bouncing around from world to world and hanging out with people in VR. Uh, it's been super in super your fun. spare time. Yeah, yeah. well, a little bit in my spare time. <laughs> In a little bit for 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 articles, I'm I'm actually covering oh, okay. it for Input Magazine. I'm writing a piece about it, but I, it's also just like I can't remember. It was uh, oh, it was Fernal Equinox, uh, like uh, this really past recent. weekend, yeah, like, yeah. two weekends ago, and so mm-hmm. just went into VR and hung out with people in like a the recreation of a hotel room. Uh, they right. figured out how to clip through the wall of the hotel room out onto the balcony, which was you're not supposed to be able to get to in this in this world. But they <laughs> figured out how to clip through the geometry, and everyone crowded out onto the balcony. Yeah, yeah, uh, they just hung out there. They're doing amazing things with VR these days, definitely. Uh, where can, if any fur out there does want to let you know some things, where would they send you this information? So you can reach me a whole bunch of ways. Best way is on Twitter, twitter.com/slash Matt Baum. Uh, you can also find me in VR. I'm Bunny Matt uh, in awesome. VR chat. Oh, that's awesome. So, Send me Bunny Matt. Send me a friend request to Bunny Matt. But yeah, twitter.com slash Matt Baum, or you can go to my website, uh, mattbaum.com. Uh, I've got links to all my stuff there. And I have a little newsletter where uh, I send out uh, messages about what I'm working on, little sneak peeks stuff, also cute animal videos, because uh, I can't get enough of that. So you can't get enough animal videos exactly. ever. Yeah, right, yeah. I wag. <laughs> I'm wagging right now. If, right. If, you want some, cool. if you want some cute animal videos, uh, head over to mattbaum.com, sign up for the newsletter there. Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things we ask our guests as we round out the interview is your partner 
parting shot, your words of wisdom for the furry community or the, in your case, the LGBT community at large? What would you, what would you give as advice? Wow. What would I give as advice just in general? I don't know. I guess, you know, on, on one hand, there's, I was just watching this episode uh, where a character is being encouraged to come out and somebody says to him like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are. And it's a very nice message. And I, I, I am happy to see that, you know, being, you know, broadcast on television. It made me feel really good. Like, oh, it's okay to be who you are. It's a really nice message. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess uh, aside from that, uh, what's, is it, maybe I'm misquoting it, but I feel like there's um, from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, their their slogan is like, be excellent to each other. Like, is, is that, mm-hmm. isn't, yes, isn't that their slogan? Yes, be excellent to each other. That is right. slogan, yes. That. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that's my advice to everybody. Love it. Nice, Short nice. and sweet and true. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Baum, everybody, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, be sure to check him out. Uh, read his articles, read his book, buy his book, uh, read, listen to his podcasts. And, uh, you know, if you can't find Matt Baum online, then you're doing something You're doing wrong something <laughs> totally wrong. He is all over the place, <laughs> let me tell you. I try. Yeah, he is all over the place. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on our show. He's even more, he's like even more over all over the place than I am at a con. Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> he's all over the place. Yeah. So Matt, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for being our first guest of season number two Woo! of this podcast. We're very excited to have you. And I hope you can come back on again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. I hope one day to hug you tight with my posies at a con. That'd be wonderful. Until then, have a wonderful evening and hug James for me and Bark Bark. I will do that. Wow, Matt. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know how he finds time to do all this. Even as I say, even with James, like the, even both, like I think even if he had like 10 people helping him, I, I don't know how he could do that. But yeah, very prolific, very uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, his stuff is awesome. So listeners, Go watch his stuff, watch his video, listen to his podcast, read his books. I can't say this enough. One of the things that's funny is when I said we were having him on the show, my husband said, I know him. I subscribe to him on YouTube. And he says, I have his book, Defining Marriage. And he went, he pulled it off the shelf. He says, it's right here. So I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think as he was talking earlier, as I mentioned, he had written, I forget what he was saying, but he's written some article about something. And I was like, oh yeah, I read that. So yeah, I know who you are. Anyway, that was, that was Really cool. But yeah, really fun, cool guy. I can't wait to hug him in real fluff. That'll that'll be great. And now it's time. Time now for that famous section of our podcast, Furries in the News. Furries! Furries! In the in the in the news. Okay, I blame Moritz for that. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. So I see you have something for furries in the news. I'm going to let you address it. Okay. So first of all, I was wondering if you would notice that other thing there. Uh, Well, I noticed a thing and I'm not sure what that is. (laughs) So tell us about that. Do you want me to tell you about it? I do. I do. Okay. It says begin then P matrix one and two and one backslash backslash 
zero ampersand dash one ampersand one backslash backslash two ampersand three ampersand three backslash end the uh, p matrix <laughs> oh oh that's oh that's so great um so for now i'm not going to tell you what that is because i want to know if any fur like if there are any nerdy furs out there you knew exactly what that is and i want you to write in and tell us the answer and later i'll tell barely but um i want to see i'm really curious to see if any fur uh gets that Okay, and I will actually copy and put that in the uh, show notes yep. for the show description go. to see if anybody can play with it. So, is that it? No, no. There, there's more. There's actually oh. more. That, that was actually. There's um, more. I copy pasted something, and that's what came up accidentally. And I thought I'll oh. get in and just see <laughs> just see how it goes. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see um, if any fur gets that. But I do have a furries in the news. It's really cool. I don't know. You might or might have heard about this. So just today. As of this recording, this new mm-hmm. um, tap room opens up in Washington. It looks like it's in Bothell, Washington. It's called the Volpine Tap Room. It is owned by furries. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. A it tap opened just room today. owned by furries. Yep. And so I would like to uh, so read it a opened, bit about it. It opened on April 22nd. Open April 22nd. Year. How did you find this? Oh, uh, someone tweeted it. Some fur tweeted it wow. about it. Um, and I just happened to be looking at the right time, apparently. Wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, it's it's really cool. It's no joke. I'm not building up to a pun. This is an actual real thing. Um, you can go to their <laughs> Which website. everybody should know that uh, sometimes we build up to things and it's just a joke. <laughs> but this joke. is not a joke. This is a real thing. Um, okay. It's, it's called the Volt Pine Tap Room. And you can go to LF. P-V-U-L-P-I-N-E.com. So that's LFPVolpine.com and read all about it. And so I'd like to read a little bit about it. You go to their About Us page. Uh, it says, our mission is to give customers a locally focused space to explore beer and wine culture in a friendly, welcoming environment. We offer Northwestern beer and wine from our partners to ensure our customer receives the best experience. We have thoughtful beer and wine tastings, so please let us know if you would like any recommendations. We are a tap room in the Lake Forest Park Town Center in the upper parking lot. So this is in Washington. Looks like it's in Bothell. We have a variety of local beers and good selection of different types of wine. We offer whatever that is, so note for next time. <laughs> Sandwiches, salads, and snacks. Then it says dogs are welcome, age 21 plus only. And that, I mean. Are the dogs have to be to age 21 see, plus only? See, that's what I'm wondering. People, I don't yes. know, but you see, I'm thinking it is a furry owned place, so maybe they the dogs do have to be. I'm not really sure. I'm a little confused on that. They might have done that on purpose. And so uh, they have art, of course, on their walls. Um, Poor their- art. Poor, I, mean, I know. Why would, you, why would you hang art on the walls? I mean, maybe well, he'd he like was, to sit was, down once in a while. He was he was a bad boy, <laughs> apparently. So uh, yeah, so they also have the the drawing type of art on the walls. The too. drawing type, of, okay, that kind of art. And okay. and uh, if you go to their art tab on the uh, their website, it says it lists it shows a few of their arts, and it says if you know of any artists, have them send us a sample of their artwork, and we may display their work at our location and their furry is furry owned which is so amazing just from the beginning if you have any furry art of your own that you would like to share it sounds like you have a good chance of them displaying it um in their showroom so uh awesome yeah go check it out it's very very exciting next time you're in washington 
Uh, take a gander. Support the furry community at the Volpine Taproom. Volpine Taproom. And that's my furries in the news. <laughs> that's your furries in the news. All right. Well, we have some upcoming events and new television shows. We have there's we have a lot here going on, yeah. Uh, if you love B stars, mm-hmm. me love me some Lego sheep, uh, and it's clever use of anthropomorphic animals. There's a show on anime on Crunchyroll called Odd Taxi. It's about a bear, I think it's a bear, who drives a taxi, and <laughs> okay. it's kind of like it's kind of like Taxi Cab Confessions. He has other, he has other animals come in and they talk about stuff. Oh, cool. In the taxi. Okay. okay. That's pretty much all of it is. Sounds good. I haven't seen it, but it's on Crunchyroll, so uh, give it a give it a listen. I will have to do that. Yep. Upcoming events: April thirtieth to May third. So yes, when this comes when when this uh, airs on May first, this is going on in Glansnevin, New Zealand. Hmm. Is the Southern Pause twenty twenty one. Southern Paws 2021? What is that about, Barely? I have no idea, but it's apparently a Southern Paws event at the Wapara <laughs> Adventure Center. So there you okay. go, in New Zealand. So if like you're that. there and you're listening to it, and let us give us a quick email. Tell us what it was like. And I, I love that it's Southern Paws in Wapawa Adventure Center. And then next weekend for you Aussie Furs on May 7th and through the 9th. The awesome Aussie Furs. Is the Furry Down Under. It is is in Surfer's Paradise, Queensland, Australia. Is it a furcon? It is. Oh. It's furry down under. Furry down under, eh? I say? I don't know. I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> That's better than yeah. I could do. That's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Furdu is resurrected in 2021, which is the furry down under. That's what that is. Furdu. They call that furdu. Furry, furry down under. Oh, I've, that's, I just learned something new. I did not know that. That makes sense. <laughs> Furdu, Furry Down Under. There you go. Uh, recently announced, Denfer in 2021 is going to be in August. We'll probably chat about this a little bit more as it gets closer. But it's going to be a quote-unquote quote socially distanced con. Masks are going to be required. Everything's going to be six feet apart. Restricted capacities in rooms. So if you go to Denfer 2021, keep in mind that that's going to happen. And please don't violate their rules because it won't be happy if you do. Good for them, and I hope it goes well. The announcement that was posted actually says, because of contractual agreements, we are having Denver. So I'm not sure if they're, they were wanting to do this until everything's totally safe or not ah. because of all these restrictions. Because of in Colorado, they have all these restrictions. Uh, you know, they've got to maintain social distance. I mean, I, of course, totally support this. This is amazing that they're enforcing this. But the social distancing six feet apart. The front row in the main stage area will be 25 feet from the main stage so that the performers don't have to wear masks and everything. They're, they're being very safe and, and very good. It'll be very interesting to see um, or hear how it goes. So any further that it goes to this, let us know how it goes. Um, we really yeah. want to know. Of course, that's in late August. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about it um, as it gets closer. And the guests Absolutely. of honors are uh, MOSFET and JFET so far. So, um, yeah, that's Mos- MOSFET's wonderful fur. Does the uh, uh, Fuzzbutt playing or Fuzzbutt trading cards and uh, has great videos and stuff. So, MOSFET, if you're listening, we want you on the show. Yes, we do. We've been trying to get you, MOSFET. So, Reach out, reach out, reach out with the pause. It's a story time week, but we're going to do something a little different this week. I'm going to read an actual Grimm's fairy tale. Mm. And 
I'm going to let you make comments as I read, which means we will totally tabanize this. I have not read this story at all. I mean, I'm looking at the title. I have not, don't even recognize the title. So I have no idea what this is about or anything. So I hope that my comments will enlighten us since I know nothing about it. <laughs> so the name of this fable or Grimm's fairy tale is The Wolf and the Seven Kids. There was once an old nanny goat who had seven kids, and she was just as fond of them as a mother of her children. One day, she was going into the woods to fetch some food for them, so she called them all up to her and said, My dear children, I'm going out into the woods. Beware of the wolf. If once he gets into the house, he will eat you up, skin and hair and all. The rascal, the rascal, often disguises himself, but you will know him by his rough voice and his black feet. His black feet. You know, I think there's something, I mean, because we have the BLM movement right now, and I think this is a little non-PC. So, Mr. Grimm, did you not know this was going to happen? Poor mother, she has to deal with all this. I know, it's the wolf, it's the terrible wolf. The kids said, Oh, we will be very careful, dear mother. You may be quite happy about us. She might be quite happy about us. That's I'm what having it says. trouble parsing that. Okay, okay. We'll yes, go that's with what it. The book says. Go with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Bleating tenderly. So it, is it a goat now if it's, if it's bleeding? Well, it's an old nanny goat. It was a Oh, goat it is a goat. Oh, I yeah. forgot. This puppy brain. Okay, so that bleed. Okay, got it. Yes. Got it. I'm still so with you. <laughs> the bleat, bleeding, bleating, not bleeding, but bleating tenderly. Because she the hasn't old, run into the wolf yet, so she's not no. bleeding yet. The old goth goat, the old goth, the old goat went off to her work. Before long, someone knocked on the door and cried, Open the door, dear children. Your mother has come back and brought you something for each of you to eat. Hmm, I hope it's hinder fruit. But the kids knew quite well by the voice that it was the wolf. We won't open the door, they cried. You are not our mother. She has a soft, gentle voice, but yours is rough, and we are quite sure that you are the wolf. And we are quite sure that you have black feet. So he went away to a shop and bought a lump of chalk, <laughs> which Was he, he going to, like, teach them, teach them math or something? I don't know. He ate the chalk. Oh, well, we, that... So he's not going to teach them math because he no. ate his instrument to... Okay, okay. Right. And it made his voice quite soft. He went back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? It's like, who would think of eat there, chalk to There are other ways to... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So he went back and knocked at the door and cried, Open the door, dear children. Your mother has come <laughs> back. Chalk will make you... I wonder if he had the purple or the pink chalk. Maybe he had the khaki chalk. I don't know, because definitely the... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the taupe chalk would not make you sound like that. No. Your mother has come back and brought something for each of you. But the wolf had put one of his paws on the windowsill where the kids saw it, and they cried. We won't open the door. <clears throat> uh, wow, apparently the, the older child is speaking now. Our mother has not got black foot as you have. You are the wolf. Okay. And then the wolf ran to a baker and said, what? I have... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so we need to, like, I really need a few seconds to understand what's happening. So Mr. Wolfie, uh -huh. who is, 
Okay, so we'll just go with Mr. Wolfie. Um, he ate some chalk. Right. And because he didn't want to teach like the, this. And he talks right. like that now. No, yeah, he didn't yes. want to teach the little kitties math. So he was so fed up that he didn't. So he ate the chalk. He's like, I'm not going to teach some math. I'm going to eat some chalk. And now, right. because of the chalk, he wants bread. Is that well, what's no, happening? Well, well, let's wait. Now he says, he says, I have bruised my foot. Please put some dough on it. Okay. <laughs> and but, when the baker and when the baker had put some dough on his foot, he ran to the miller and said, "The miller, the miller, strew some flour on my foot." But why there are so, so many questions? So okay, okay. The miller. Okay. So the miller thought this old wolf is going to take somebody in and refused. But the wolf said, "If you don't do it, I will eat you up." And so the miller was frightened and whitened his paws. People are like that, you know. <laughs> Why couldn't you just eat the bread? I don't know. I don't, and now the wretch, the wretch, the wolf is now a wretch. Now a wretch. What the, was it? It was a rascal, and now he's a wretch. He's a rascal and then a wretch. Went to the third time to the door and knocked and said, Open the door, children. Your dear mother has come home and brought you something for each of you out of the wood. The kids cried, Show us your feet first, that we may be sure you are our mother. He put his paws on the windowsill, and when they saw that they were white, they believed all he said and opened the door. Alas! It was the wolf who walked in. They were terrified and tried to hide themselves. One ran under the table. The second jumped into bed. The third into the oven. Because, you know, there's an oven. Because of course not. (laughs) The fourth ran into the kitchen. The fifth got into the cupboard. The sixth into the wash tub. And the seventh hid in the tall clock case. But... The wolf found them all, and all but one, and made short work of them. He swallowed one after the other. He swallowed one after the other, except the youngest one in the clock case, whom he did not find. Mm. When he had satisfied his appetite, he took himself off. I don't know what that means. And lay down. (laughs) And lay down in a meadow outside, where he soon fell asleep. Okay. (laughs) Not long after, the nanny goat got back from the woods. Oh, what a terrible sight met her eyes. The house door was wide open. The table, chairs, and benches were askew. The washing bowl was smashed to atoms. Not the washing bowl. The washing bowl smashed (laughs) to atoms, I tell you. (gasps) Poor Adam. (laughs) I know. (laughs) The benches were overturned. The covers and pillows torn from the bed. She searched, she searched all over the house for her children, but nowhere were they to be found. Did she start? She called okay. them by name, one by one, but no one answered. At last, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. A tiny voice cried, "I am here, dear mother, hidden in the clock case." She brought him out and told her, and he told her that the wolf had come and devoured all the others. Now, you may imagine that she wept over her children. That's what I would imagine. At last, in her grief, she went out, and the youngest kid ran by her side. They went into the meadow, where the wolf lay under a tree, making the branches shake as he snored. What? They okay. examined him from every side. Examined? They, compl- they examined. Oh, examined. Okay, that makes yes. a lot more sense. Like, did they go to the stream and get a bunch of salmon and just throw it at the wolf? And they could plainly see movements within his distended body. Ah, heavens, thought the goat. Is it possible that my poor children whom he ate for supper, should still be alive? She sent the kid running to the house to fetch scissors, needles, and thread. I'm so... 
Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm then having issues. Cut, <laughs> then she cut a hole in the monster's side, and hardly had she begun when a kid popped out its head, and soon as the hole was big enough, all six jumped out. One after Hooray, the other. Hooray, I guess. All alive and without having suffered the least injury, for in his greed, the monster had swallowed them whole. Now, who is you may this imagine, grim guy? You may imagine the mother's joy. She hugged them and skipped about like a tailor on his wedding day. A, I, I don't know what a that tailor. Means. <laughs> I mean, apparently uh, tailors are really happy on their wedding day. <laughs> apparently, at last she said, "Go fetch some big stones, children, and we will fill up the brute's body while he is asleep." Then the seven kids brought lots of stones. As fast as they could, they carried him and stuffed the wolf with them till he could hold no more. Um, of course, the wolf is asleep during all this, so... Of course, I, yeah. I would be, definitely. And then the old mother quickly sewed him up without his having noticed anything. He even moved. <laughs> he didn't know. Well, maybe one of the kids were like full of like Novocaine and anesthetic or something, so... At last, when the wolf had had his sleep out, he got up. And he had his sleep out? Is that what he said? That's what it says. When the wolf had had his sleep out. Okay. I, I, I like it. I like it. He got up, and as the stones made him feel very thirsty, he wanted to go to a spring to drink. <laughs> but as soon as he started to move, the stones rolled about and rattled inside him. And he cried, What's the rumbling and tumbling that sets my stomach grumbling? I thought twas six kids, flesh and bones, but now I find it's not but rolling stones. <laughs> oh, Mick Jagger, you're a wily one. <laughs> when he reached the spring, he stooped over the water to drink. The heavy stones dragged him down, and he was drowned miserably. And the seven kids saw what, what happened. They came running up and cried aloud, The wolf is dead! The wolf is dead! And they and their mother capered and danced around the spring they capered. in their joy. Did they locks too? They, they must have locked and capered around the spring in joy. Oh, the villagers rejoice. So that was a Grimm's fairy tale. That was very grim for sure. It was very grim and very strange. These tales are very strange. I, uh, uh, that's my summary about that. So, Tabin, we're not going to be able to continue on like this. Do you know why? <laughs> I don't know, Barely. Why can we not continue on like this? Because we've come to the end of the show. Oh, it's not because this, like, I'm horrible and stuff is... Okay, no, that's no, a better... I like this uh, reason better. This is good. We're coming to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed our little play today. So I'm going to call it a little play. It's a little play. And uh, we know you have your choice in podcasts, and we thank you for choosing ours. Wow, especially if after season one, episode one, if we have any listeners left, we love you for it. Thank you so much. Or season two, episode one. What did I say? I said, see, yes. So especially if you heard season one, episode one, because of how... And you're still with us? In, oh, my Lord. So, oh, my cow. So bad. I, I listened to it, and it, it's... We, we did bad. Um, so, yeah, if you listened to that, and now you're listening to season two, episode one, thank you so much, I must say. We have come a long, long way. So until next week, I'm going to say, stay furry and moo bark fluff. And, of course, I say... At, so far, I said, but I'll say again, thank you. Any fur, really, it means so much, especially if you listen to us all last season. The one year, we actually, one year, every single week, we uh, recorded this, and um, and we're still going. We're going to do it. Oh, just, what am I doing right now? I don't know, but we're going to do it, and it's exciting, 
And uh, thank you so much. It means so much to us if you listen to us. Can't wait to get to uh, Con again. And, and how are you first? We're going to, we have plans to add Con to do a live recording of the play. I guess it's now known as. So uh, that'll be fun and good. And we can't wait for it. So thank you so much. We hug you tight with pauses. We wag. Talk at you next time. We bark, we wag. Move bark, fluff, every fur. Have a good week. Barely Furcasting is an Injured Nerves studio production and is found on all major podcast platforms or can be heard directly at barelyfurcasting.com. The opinions expressed here are those of the hosts and their guests, and no commercial compensation was granted. The Furcast is produced, recorded, and directed by me, Barely Normal, a.k.a. Mike Began, and is edited by myself and our associate editors, Rain Raccoon and Bixby Wolf. This week's interview is edited by Rain Raccoon. Opening and closing theme music, as well as some interstitial music, was created for Injured Nerves Productions for the use on the podcast by our music associate, Reg Day, with Damien Tanuki. If you would like to hear more of music by Reg Day, you can search for Tweezerbeak on Bandcamp or Hoop Loop Tunes on SoundCloud. Other interstitial and background music by Shane Ivers through SilvermanSound.com and the YouTube Free Use Library. If you would like to send us a message, you can do so via email at barelyfurcasting at gmail.com or on our Telegram chat at BFFTChat, on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or on the barelyfurcasting.com webpage. You can support the show through donations at ko-fi.com forward slash barelyfurcasting or through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash barelyfurcasting. Thanks for listening. We hope you come back and listen next week.